before we get into this week's stories, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge that I'm recording from stolen Gadigal land and pay my respect to Gadigal elders, past and present, as well as recognise that the area where FBI Radio is situated, Redfern, has long been a place of storytelling, strength, resistance and resilience for First Nations communities. Hey, I'm Danny Stewart, and you're listening to All the Best on FBI 94.5. This week, we're bringing you stories from a special collaboration with Critical Disdain, a weekly newsletter of new and unpublished work from emerging writers. In our first story, we're guided through a meditation of family Christmases gone wrong. Strap yourself in for the scorching summer heat the stench of sunscreen, stale cigarettes, and toxic masculinity. And a heads up, this story contains strong language and descriptions of alcohol and drug use. Today, I will be taking you through a guided meditation. Breathe in. Paying close attention to the sounds of suburban Australia. Family Christmas edition. Now breathe out. This meditation is focusing on you becoming a bad dad. We will travel with the patriarchy into Christmas Day. You will shed the woman in the kitchen. Feel her leave your body, starting from your toes all the way to the crown of your head. Breathe deep and taste the benefits of being the dad with the cold beer. Visualise yourself set up in the sun. Beside you is a blue and white esky, crammed with as much beer as possible, topped with ice from the local servo. Above you, there is a striped beach umbrella, fixed to your seat with cable ties to keep you from roasting. Take note of the smaller details surrounding you, like the cheese platter at a close distance. Now think, fuck the cheese platter, fuck any sort of food. Allow yourself the freedom of letting someone else take care of such issues. Feel the power of knowing how they will spend time worrying about you sculling beers. They are frustrated, but you let that bounce off your bloated beer belly. You do not care for the food they have meticulously prepared. Take some Dexies offered to you from another bad dad. Feel the release that comes from a lack of responsibility. There will be another bad dad joining you soon. This bad dad will come with Christmas party favours. Breathe in. It is not the shit kind found in a bonbon. There is no riddle here. Breathe out. It is a little white bag. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Listen to Fiddler. Listen to Amel and the Sniffers. Sing songs about being an alcoholic on a downward spiral. Christmas is now a fucking bender. You hear a call from elsewhere. The food is ready. You do not immediately answer, and the responsible ones are confused. Notice the charred feeling that lingers on your lungs. 
you have been chain-smoking. Notice the sloshing of your stomach as you work your way through the case of cold beer in the melting ice. You are full of synthesised adrenaline, and you still do not need food. Food is no longer on the menu. Tell your partner to cut up the salad. Don't wait for us, we aren't hungry, you say while slurring a little. Feel the way your tongue struggles to talk and the depth of your voice. Thwart Nana's rude comments and keep drinking. She'll be off to bed soon anyway and you'll no longer be burdened by the bitch. Bounce on the trampoline, have water bomb fights and feed the kids chocolate and lollies. If you find yourself thinking, they ate real food at some point, right? Remember the mantra, fuck it. You are not allowed to care. Today, you are the fun one. Blur societal expectations around polite conversation. Start talking about a threesome between your partner and best friend. Talk about how you would want to watch. Nah, fuck that. You just want to make it happen. Make them feel uncomfortable. You are a bad dad after all. If at this point you're beginning to feel the patriarchy prickle, picture yourself dipping back into feminine norms. Connect with them as your mind's eye creates a scene. Perhaps you are doing your best friend's makeup. Perhaps you are braiding their hair. Be creative. Being a bad dad will take its toll on you. You might fear the commitment of being a bad dad. Maybe you will not be able to step away from this bad dad role once Boxing Day comes. Envision yourself taking cute photos of them and telling them that they are fucking beautiful. Tell everyone that you love them. Tell them this family is the best you could imagine. Don't forget to breathe slowly now. Inhale. Hold. And exhale. See yourself grabbing another beer. You realise the beers are getting critically low. A bad dad cannot exist without a beer in hand. Send the most sober person out to drive around for 40 minutes finding an open bottle on Christmas Day. There is none, of course, you fuck. Get stuck into the no-booze beers, the heaps normals. You do not feel heaps normal at all. You feel transcendent. The no-booze beer tastes like real beer. Feel the satisfaction trickle down your spine. It is enough to get you through. You are now down to the last two real beers. You and your best friend claim them. Neither of you really need them. The time has come to reflect upon your life and discuss the feelings you would normally suppress. The feminine norms are long gone. You do not know if you are drunk, but you know you are definitely not sober. Now imagine you have run out of beers. The sunshine from 12pm becomes hazy 12am, as if to spite your rumbling and churning stomach that you can abruptly feel. Your best friend makes you a plate from the forgotten lunch, and it tastes better than you can imagine. Scoff down the food while the responsible ones look at you like an animal at a zoo. You are ready to go home with a warm belly. 
buzzed from the day's activities. Make sure you steal a couple of Ferrero Rochers for the drive home. They were not your gift, but affirm to yourself that you are the bad dad. In the car home, you were alert but barely conscious, so you search Spotify for some sad songs. Sing along to Jeff Buckley. By now, you should be able to feel that your bad dad is on autopilot. Rip open those little chocolate delights. Let the smooth voice of Jeff lull your fried brain into a hum of sleep. Your sober partner gets you home safe. Breathe in once more. And on the exhale, release every part of femininity you have ever known. You are now in your bed. You fall asleep knowing full well that you are the perfect bad dad. That story was written by Caitlin O'Connor and read by Zara Goodnasson. I'm Danny Stewart and you're listening to All the Best on FBI 94.5. We showcase stories from emerging storytellers around the country. Do you have a story to tell? We're currently taking pitches for our spring pitch round. No previous radio experience is required and we'll pair you with a supervising producer. If you'd like to make a story for the show, get in touch. Visit allthebestradio.com slash pitch. We're also currently looking for experienced audio producers keen to join our team of supervising producers. You can find more info on our socials. Just search for All The Best Radio on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And give us a follow while you're there. This week, we're sharing stories from our special collaboration with Critical Disdain. Up next, we have a piece from Isabella Wilcock. In her writing, Isabella explores the in-betweenness of living as a surviving twin and the inevitable presence of death in life. My name is Isabella Wilcock and this is Make My Day. We are ugly in the morning. We feel stiff when we wake. The warmth of the room has cooked us into our sleeping positions overnight. Crusted in sleep like the moss on the trees. Except some of us have to get up in the morning. The sunlight burns brightly through our closed eyelids. No matter how hard we squeeze them shut, the persistent red separates us from our dreams. Teeth itch with bed breath. We swallow making soft saliva noises like babies. Eventually, our lethargic, sour-scented selves are convinced it's time to just get up. We peel ourselves from the sheets, roll to our sides, then push up so that we sit facing the mirror. A scratch of our heads, we rub one eye, picking at the sticky sap that our bodies cried out overnight. Now we can see. Our naked body stands and walks closer to itself, turning from side to side, smoothing its hands over trimmed pubic hair. Our naked body smiles to itself. We find some clothes and put them on. As we walk, our ankles click. We stretch and roll our wrists. We raise up our arms and point them to the sky, rising and falling with breath. Inward and upward, outward and down. The blood in our bodies moves like water in a bucket, swirling from side to side. Our fuzzy dormant body cracks and snaps and breathes. We break our fast with a lick of the tip of our fingers. 
boysenberry jam with toast with peaches, crepes with lemon and sugar, fried egg, Cheerios and coffee. The food tastes new on our tongue. Peanut butter has never tasted more like peanut butter than it does to us in the morning. We are ravenous for it, then suddenly not. It rises from low in our sternum, then the burp ejects up and out of our mouths like a well-rounded clap. As the food starts to digest in our bellies, we wish we could go back to bed, but we must continue. To truly start the day, we must gussy up and pick an outfit with magnificent colours and patterned fabrics. We listen to disco to help us coordinate. The subtle silhouettes are suddenly so obvious. We apply blush to our cheeks and highlight our cupid's bow, leaving the house with the flick of our hair and a spritz of perfume. There's nothing like a walk to work. Eight in the morning, the world is moving. People's faces in conversation with other faces. They pass us in a speeded walk, sometimes with dogs. Parents squeeze wiggling children into six-seaters. Birds chatter overhead. Cars and buses swish past. The little green man runs before the red man taps his foot. That is a beautiful jacket. Where did you get it? Says a person. Graciously, we look up to accept the compliment only to be faced with an overtly phony smile gripping a clipboard. The clipboard person tells us horrible things, things we cannot deny, things that we never denied in the first place, but what were we really doing about it? They tell us we can help. It's just $2 a day. Think of it this way. How much do you spend on your lattes? The exchange is awkward on both ends, desperate and depressing. It feels unnatural to ask a stranger about their spending. A forced agreement over tragedies we and the clipboard people know little about. Their scripted intention falls short of grace and we blush and wave. We say, sorry, sorry, not today. It will only take a minute, they call out to us, stuck to the curb as we walk away. After nine time skips by, we disappear like sims at work. Impatient hours blur into minutes. There's no time to pause and politely offer the walkway. We just rush through till five. The air is cool and time feels infinite and impossible to measure. Shoes echo on the pavement at dusk. We are running. We are chasing the night now. Music already playing in our ears. We strut the streets on a mission to pump it up a little more, get the party going on the dance floor. Losing layers of our clothes in the club, hands trace over our bodies, stripping any confinements of the day. The air is thin and hot. The music was loud and the dancers breathy. We sweat ourselves onto other selves. The light's now stroboscopic. We are there and then we are not. It is easy to lose each other in a crowd. Our synergies separate, lost in the night. We become you and I. You and I step outside. I put a jacket over your shoulders. You say, text me when you're home. We kiss each other's cheeks, alternating sides. That story was written and read by Isabella Wilcock. To close our episode this week, Luke Peaver takes us into the world of a man who's out of options. And a warning, this story has strong language and mention of violence. There's a really bad taste in my mouth. A reaction to the nerves, surely. 
I've pushed myself to go this far and it's starting to get to me that maybe I fucked up too much along the way. What would she think of me? Some nervous, stuttering mound of regret wallowing in choices that only in hindsight seem wrong. It takes me a lot of mental fortitude to push out those feelings, to focus on the now. The now is a petrol station at two in the morning. A solitary cashier and me with a gun I shouldn't have. There are bullets in it. There are bullets in this one. It is not some prop like the other time I sat up at night looking in my mirror, feigning the tough guy. I want to keep the petrol station unleaded and keep the cashier unreaded. I'm still in my car, just mulling it over looking into the store and watching the cashier move about, unaware of what's to come. His life is in my hands, my shaky, nervous hands. And if he makes the wrong move, I'm afraid I'll shoot with impunity. I have nothing against him. We are just men doing what we have to do, just getting by. And I have to do this. The hole I am in is so deep it's a grave, six feet of fuck-ups. But she gave me grace. And that grace came in the form of money. I was free to choose how. Maybe that's some sort of sick joke about my freedom of choice being preserved, but nonetheless, I've chosen to reap the riches from within the shell. I don't have a big mirror to look at and practice my fury face. Just the rear view and that only shows a portion of me, the worst part. The side mirrors only show what's behind me and I can't look into them. The glass on the petrol station proper is reflective only from the inside. The more I look into the mirror, the more I think I've trapped something in it, like my soul or my conscience. It looks back at me with hate and rage. I know I am putting on, but it's as if I've become my own doppelganger and every reflection looking back at me is the real me, whoever he was, now stuck expressing disapproval and disdain. I look away at the notion and that taste comes back. It's a chemical taste, moving from my tongue to the back of my throat, metallic and heavy. It comes in a slurry of my own saliva as it wells up inside the pockets of my mouth between my gums and tongue. I step out for fresh air to the pump and figure filling up would be the best way to stay inconspicuous. But not even the pump lets me forget it. Stealing petrol is an offence. You will be caught, it reads. What about chips? What about smokes? What about all the money in the till? In some strange way, I rationalise paying for the fill-up circumvents the threat of being caught. 
the lengths I've gone to to talk myself into this truly astounds me. The last drips of petroleum leave the pump and fall to the ground in a regular pattern every second, reminding me that not even time is a friend. I just need $1,764, then I am square. Then she'll forgive me and give me my life back. How many people pay with cash anymore? I run it through my head and yet again convince myself of all the cash cows depositing notes. I need just a portion of it. There's got to be heaps in there. 1764 is easy. It's easy. So I finish filling up, and all I have left to do is walk in, pay for my petrol, and then rob the place blind. 1700. 64. That's all I need. Then she'll be happy, and this taste go away. That story was written by Luke Peaver, with original music composition also by Luke. All of our stories this week came from our collaboration with Critical Disdain. You can find more stories and subscribe to their newsletter at criticaldisdain.substack.com. All the Best would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we make these stories and pay our respects to Elders past and present. All the Best is made at FBI Radio on Gadigal land in association with Sin and 3RRR on Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Boonarong lands and 8CCC on Arunda and Moramungu lands. The All The Best editorial manager is Mel Chun. Timothy Nguyen is our social media producer and Lydia Yosefova is our community and events coordinator. Shiningberg composed our theme music and Annie Hamilton designed the artwork. We're heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network and we're made possible by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. You can listen back to our full archive of more than 500 episodes at allthebestradio.com. I'm Danny Stewart. Thanks for listening. <laughs>